Well, most of us feel it. A majority of us have an issue with our own government. But what we know is that the federal government is out of control. Every part of it. The executive branch is shit. It is acting like a tyrant, forcing what it desires upon the individual regardless of what the individual wants. It's just like slavery. Congress, as a legislative branch, is useless. It won't stop spending money the government doesn't have. It seems to forget that the only money government can get its hands on is the money and wealth that it seizes from the American people through printing money and arbitrary taxes. The judicial branch is just as useless as the executive and legislative branches. It is supposed to adjudicate what the executive branch has done and what the legislative branch wants to do. All it has to do, very simply, is determine if government is legal, illegal, constitutional, or unconstitutional. But what's happening instead is that the American population is living through the failure of the United States federal government. All of the branches are doing more than they're supposed to be doing and not doing the things specifically laid out and founded to be doing. It's all coming to a dramatic end. Yes, as I noted, all of the branches are doing more than they're supposed to be doing. This might be okay if they were actually doing the functions that they were specifically designed to do. As obvious examples of this, the executive branch is not protecting the borders of the country. At the same time, it's generating hundreds of thousands of rules that it makes up itself through its numerous executive agencies such as the BATF and the EPA. Ah, I shouldn't have got myself started on that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and the Environmental Protection Agency, and dozens of other executive agencies can merely make up laws even though they've never been elected to do anything. All the while, the legislative branch hasn't voted on any of the rules they're creating. The legislative and judicial branches are no different. Congress assigns its tasks to numerous entities and ignores its actual constitutional duties to create laws that are constitutional and laws to ensure the American people are safe in their lives, liberty, and property. They can't even seem to complete their basic functions such as to vote on a federal budget. This is the representation in our form of governance. We don't have kings making up the rules. We, the people, must have a role in making laws, and that is Congress. The judicial branch allows its judges to make law through arbitrary rulings that, in effect, allow judges to push their own narratives and policies into the executive branch, regardless of the actual law. Just think about how judges who may not appreciate firearms have ruled against the Second Amendment for decades, regardless of what the Second Amendment of the Constitution actually states. Say one judge doesn't like guns and is faced with a court case. He or she can merely declare that a police department was justified in seizing those firearms and that owning firearms is not an individual right. Well, that basically happened, and that ruling lasted for decades in various locations until the 2008 case of D.C. v. Heller affirmed that the Second Amendment was an individual right. The original judges that ruled that were wrong took decades to remove. That's crazy. But now, if judges ignore the actual law, a judge can rule anything, even if it conflicts with the Constitution. But it doesn't matter. It's all coming to a crashing end. 
The federal government is in the process of collapsing under its own weight. It's getting to the point of inversion, where everything the federal government does conflicts with the Constitution itself, and most importantly, conflicts with the will of the American people. But here today, I submit to you that the collapse of the federal government should not be seen as a sad thing. It should be seen as both normal and natural. Governments, like everything else that has existed on Earth, have a life cycle. Just like a mosquito, a rat, human, tree, a volcano, glacier, or yes, even the planet itself. All is born, it grows or evolves, declines, and eventually it goes away. No government, including the U.S. federal government, is exempt from the rules of a life cycle. Nothing is exempt. Yes, I want to stress that point, and if you can understand and accept that fact, then you'll have to wonder, when will the federal government die? So the Constitution was drafted in 1787, was ratified in 1788, and the federal government was born, technically-ish, in 1789. That makes the U.S. Constitution the world's longest surviving written charter of government, which we call, of course, a Constitution. Our Constitution created or constitutes the very structure of our federal government. But think about what that means in actuality. It means that every other charter or constitution has failed in less time than ours has. This is quite an achievement for the U.S. Constitution, but if nothing lives forever, how much longer does our Constitution get to live before it dies as all of those others have? It's fate. But here's the harsh reality. As the U.S. federal government fails, it does what a drowning person does. A drowning person will panic and flail around wildly when they believe they are going to die. If they manage to grab onto anything or anyone believing that they can save themselves from dying, they'll do that. So anyone who gets near the drowning person is liable to be grabbed onto and drowned alongside the panicking person. So imagine a panicked and drowning 300-pound person getting a hold of a 160-pound lifeguard who was attempting to rescue them. No, nothing good's going to happen. Now, imagine what a panicked and drowning U.S. federal government would do when faced with the realization and the feeling that it is drowning under debt and the fact that its own citizens dislike and perhaps despise it. Let's see, would it accept that American citizens believe the government they presumably own is taxing them into oblivion? Would that government lower taxes? Or would a panicking, failing government raise taxes? We know the answer to that. Or would that very same panicking government, when faced with the fact that most Americans think it's involving itself into the wars of others, stop doing so? Or would that failing federal government continue to interject the U.S. military into wars of others? Yeah, I think we know the answer to that, too. Would that drowning government stop wasting so much money on foreign countries, their foreign wars, illegal aliens entering their country illegally, and initiatives that do not benefit the American people? Or would the American federal government ignore the will of the American people, who, again, own the federal government, regardless of what it says? Yep, we all know what the U.S. federal government would do. The American people are going to get ignored. But besides all of that, why is the federal government failing? Well, obviously, there are a plethora of reasons. In the last episode, actually, we discussed how debt creates revolutions. But in the bigger picture, it's a Tenth Amendment issue. 
The Tenth Amendment states, The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. The Tenth Amendment represents the checks and balances between the branches to ensure that none get too powerful. The thinking is that if any branch gets too powerful, the other two can undermine it and ensure it does not have enough power to become tyrannical. It underscores the Founding Fathers' commitment to safeguarding individual liberties and preventing an overly centralized government. But what's always left out of any check and balance discussion is that there is a check and balance between the federal government and the state governments. That last sentence, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. It reminds us that there are some things reserved to the states or to the people and are not under the purview of the federal government. But you try to tell the federal government that. They're going to ignore it. We see that the states have not yet even begun to really counter the federal apparatus by aggressively defending their Tenth Amendment rights. Instead, the states may observe the federal government do something unconstitutional, and they sometimes will take the federal government to a federal court. Does anyone see the problem with this? This, structurally, is a losing proposition. Imagine going to a bully, a villain, or a tyrant, and asking them to consider whether or not the actions they are taking against you are fair. What do you think the very bully, villain, or tyrant taking advantage of you is going to say? Are they going to stop what they're doing? Are they going to reconsider their actions? No, they will always justify their actions against you. It doesn't really help to take the federal government to a federal court. It's stacked against you, the states and the people. The federal government will protect itself. But yeah, let's go with this a bit longer. Just as any bully, any villain, or any tyrant, the federal government will do what it can get away with. So think about this. If a bully must be stopped from bullying others, that means someone, anyone, is going to have to face them and make them stop. To stop villains from creating victims of crimes, the villains must be arrested, tried, and jailed. That's what stops them from committing more crimes. And to stop tyrants, the tyrants must be removed from power or killed. Think Hussein in Iraq, Ceausescu in Romania, Hitler in Germany, or any number of other tyrants. Their power was removed from them, which eventually led to them dying or being killed. The point is that bullies, villains, and tyrants rarely just wake up and see the error of their ways. Their behavior must be ended for them. So how does that jibe with the U.S. federal government? Well, it's obviously dependent on your political beliefs, whether or not you see the federal government as a bully, a villain, or a tyrant. But I see the federal government as a tyrant. I'm a small government kind of guy that doesn't believe the tax scheme is fair and transparent, that government has grown beyond its constitutional role, and the federal police state is making victims, and the federal judicial system is no longer a check and balance to the executive branch. I see the federal government making millions of laws and rules that attempt to control an individual when the individual's actions affect no one else and create no victims. I see that with every new law and rule, the individual loses some of his freedoms and the government gets more powerful. This condition alone is how a tyrant is born. But let's explore the question of what do we do about it? 
Well, we let it collapse. We let the federal government drown. Let's go back to our drowning analogy, actually. For a 160-pound lifeguard to save a 300-pound panicking person, the lifeguard must stay away from them while they're panicking. The lifeguard's got to yell to the person and get them to calm down, control themselves. He can do nothing until they're ready to follow directions. Only then can the lifeguard approach from behind and assist them. But they must be calm. That said, there is little hope right now that the state governments or the American people are going to get the federal government to calm down. We cannot save it. We must let the federal government drown and die, or the federal government will grab a hold of us, and we will all die with it. The states and the people will have to find another way to suppress the desires and will of the federal government. But can it even be done? Absolutely. It will just require the states to control their relationships with the federal government. Let me give you two ideas of what the states can do. One, limit federal force within the states. And two, seize control over their federal senators and representatives. And it's surprising because you never heard any of those, right? But let's look at the first thing. The federal government is strong because it has a bunch of federal agencies in every state and it will still coordinate with local and state police to get tasks done. Police are the first level of force from government. So states can create offices to control and be aware of federal law enforcement activities within their states. What this would do is be the equivalent of defanging the federal government. The feds would have a lot of bark, but little bite. States would regain their power by limiting the state law enforcement agencies, all of them, local, city, municipal, whoever. They limit all those law enforcement agencies from coordinating directly with the federal government without explicit permission from the state government. It's the state that registers police organizations. It's the state that certifies police officers. The state needs to control its police officers and limit how much work they do with the feds. This would immediately castrate federal power since federal law enforcement personnel would be isolated if they only had to work with other federal agencies. That's a good one. The second thing states can do is regain control of their state power with their senators and representatives. Currently, a state's residents vote for a congressman or senators to go to work in D.C. The moment those individuals are elected, they immediately become federal employees, and we all know where their loyalties lie at that point. They are paid by the federal government. They can ignore everything their state chooses. In fact, their political party has more input into how that congressman or senator votes than the people of their own state. This has to be changed. States must seize control of their representatives and know how they will vote and have input into their votes before the votes are taken. If a state does not like the vote, they must retain the power to recall their congressman or senator back to their state to confer and approve their vote. Is a senator from Texas more powerful than an entire state of Texas? They just get to do what they want to do? If the vast majority in New York support a law, can a New York congressional representative vote opposite because his political party tells him to do so? Where is the representative and representative republic? The result must be that like-minded states must coordinate and align their laws together, creating a sort of alternative to the federal government with the goal of minimizing the role of the federal government in individual states.
That's a check and balance. Now, the final problem with a drowning and panicking federal government is, as you guessed, it can lead us all into a civil revolution. The American people already generally despise the federal government, but as governments fail, they don't ease tensions, instead they build tensions. In our case, the federal government is raising taxes, bringing in more IRS agents to do so, hiring more federal law enforcement personnel, and it's using agencies like the NSA and the FBI to investigate more Americans who have not broken any laws, but may not hide their contempt for the federal government. <coughs> Don't know anybody like that. And top off all of this, the federal government is attempting to control the behaviors of citizens. Think of things like, I don't know, vaccine mandates or electric vehicle mandates. Obviously, the federal government believes that if it makes all the decisions for everybody, we'll live in a utopia. But the federal government is pushing individual rights away and declaring itself the king over the individual. Eventually, the only outcome of arbitrary tyranny can be conflict. Recall that quote by President John F. Kennedy, Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. He was right. The federal government is making peaceful revolution impossible. Well, that is all I wanted to discuss with you on this episode. Again, I thank you for listening. I really appreciate you. And if you liked what you heard, please go ahead and subscribe or leave a review. And I will talk to you on the next episode.